So Chance, we need we need to talk. Okay. We need to talk about Kevin. Kevin. Kevin I McAllister. I don't. The spunky little kid from the Home Alone movies. Oh, okay. I've seen the first one once, so I'm spent, definitely the guy to talk about. I've spent this whole weekend, every single day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I've watched a Home Alone movie. Okay. Uh, I've watched my, something similar today. Well, great. Well, you, we're trying to find a Christmas movie that uh, my sons would want to sit through because usually they're, they're, you know, feelings and Christmas cheer is not really there. Um, the pull for them. Uh-huh. But I was like, these could be good because they've got a lot of like slapstick ridiculousness in it. And I was right. They love them. That's why I've watched. We watched one on Friday and Saturday and then we watched two tonight. Oh. Um, but we need to talk about Kevin McAllister because that kid, he he can't be a human. He just can't. Okay. He has this preternatural understanding of the way things will play out that an eight-year-old just cannot be capable of. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe he is um, like just going to grow up to work for the CIA. Maybe just the way he sets things up, like in the first movie where it's like, they're trying to get in and he knows the guy's going to come in through the basement. And so he puts the sticky paper, or the tar on the steps so that his shoes come off so that he then steps his foot right on a nail and falls back down the stairs to go then around the house mm-hmm. to then climb in the window where he's placed Christmas ornaments for him to smash with his bare feet. Like uh-huh. that wouldn't work if he had shoes on. So he had to know that he would do this first and then move um, this way. Uh-huh. Unless and, it was just a happy accident and stepping on the ornament was just supposed to give a audible warning. Well, no, because he has, and both movies, he rolls out a battle plan. And like he's been very meticulous about this. Well, I'm just saying that it plays out. And the second one also, the way that he just toys with them, because um, I've never seen the second. Okay, well, this time they're in his. uh, Well, he's in New York, lost in New York. It's the same burglars from the first one that have escaped from prison. Um, Through a series of events uh, with with uh, good old Mr. Trump, right? Yeah, just briefly, and Tim Curry, more importantly. Um, But. uh, so they're coming into the house and he has this set up because in the first one, he does this thing where fire shoots on Joe Pesci's head and sets his head on fire. Um, and in this one, he knows, he remembers that this is going to happen. And so he sets up this trap where there's these light bulbs throughout the house and he pulls a little switch and kind of does a flinch, but it's fine. And he goes to the next one and is like leading him through the house till he gets to the bathroom. And when he's there, he pulls the switch and it sends a blowtorch. By this time, he's let his guard down, and he pulls the switch, and the blowtorch catches his hat on fire. He freaks out comedically. But then Kevin has filled the toilet with kerosene so that he goes to dunk his head in the toilet, which is the only source of liquid, as far as he he knows. And then it just explodes Mm -hmm. and blows up. And Kevin, he's 10 at this point, but he plans each of those steps exactly for it to happen that way and you see it again with the other burglar where he has a situation where he gets paint poured all over him so he goes to wash off in the sink but he's electrified the sink so that he gets electrocuted uh-huh it's insane sure. he's a mutant he's he's a mutant or harry and marv are actually dead because there's no way they could survive any of these things it's true don't they get hit in the head with a bowling ball in the first one um in the second one one of them gets hit in the head with a brick from three stories up. 
Yeah. Like four or five times in a row. He's he should be dead instantly. Probably from the first one, honestly. Uh-huh. The number of huge falls that they take and land flat on their backs, they should just be done. So they could be dead. Uh-huh. They could already be dead and they're they're in purgatory or maybe like they they tried to steal from zeus and he's put them in this eternal punishment and kevin McAllister is basically the eagle eating the liver or the mountain with the stone rolling down every day and they're kind of trapped in this sisyphean cycle of continually trying to rob and be foiled by this little boy Mm -hmm. i don't know just makes you think doesn't it Uh i have not analyzed these movies as you well i've had a lot of time to do that as we watch them. I, I've seen I've seen the first one one, and that was last year. What a shame! The second one's better. It's basically exactly the same movie. Like it even makes several callbacks in it. Like we did it again. It's like oh I've done it again, and like a lot of winks to the camera and exactly the way it plays out. But I feel like it's a better paced film because the first one kind of repeats itself a lot, mm-hmm. um, and obviously the second one's repeating the first film. But I just feel like it's done better. Uh-huh. I saw a very similar movie just this afternoon, though. Uh huh. Um, it's Violent Night, baby. Oh, you watched it? Yeah. And how was it? Um. Well, my wife was very mad at me for taking her to it for several <laughs> several minutes afterwards. Um. So pretty great. <laughs> All right. Um. It's it's Hopper as an ultraviolent Santa Claus. And he, they set up traps too, except they kill people. Mm-hmm. Like they kill them dead. Yeah, super dead. They're not um, trapped in the purgatory, endless cycle of pain and rebirth. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. No, they they die. They they really die. Big time. Capital um, D dead. Yeah, I saw I saw that. They make quite a few Home Alone references. Um, she even sets up the, the the. There's a little girl. And she's the one Santa's trying to save because he's kind of given up on the rest of humanity. Uh-huh. There's this little girl, and she believes in him, and he just can't turn his back on that. And she, as I guess spoilers for Violent Night, um, it it's actually surprisingly heartwarming the relationship between Santa and the girl. Like, I mean, I feel like it's set up in the trailer. There's quite a bit of like magic of Christmas between the two of them, but. Um, she sets up some Home Alone traps, except it ends up with a nail going through the soft part under somebody's chin and through their tongue. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, that'll get you. Um, and then when they he gets out of that, the bowling balls come just like in Home Alone, except they he's holding that nail and the bowling ball hits him and he shoves it into his own head. Ah, um, beautiful. Um, also, Santa's origin story is that he was um, a Viking raider or the leader of a, a, a thing of Viking raiders. And he had a hammer called skull crusher mm-hmm. that he used to, um, to Viking raid. Um, and at one point in the movie, he's talking on his little walkie talkie to the little girl. And she's like, Santa, what's your Christmas wish? And he thinks he's going to die at this point because he's like, he has no weapons and a whole SWAT team is outside. He's like, to see Mrs. Claus again. She's like, make that wish come true, just like you made my wish come true. And he's like, and he's like, I don't think I can this time. And then he he drops his wedding ring and it rolls and he's chasing it and it comes to a stop at a sledgehammer <laughs> that's in this place that he's in. <laughs> um, and he's just like, Oh, 
this will work. And then he spends the rest of the movie just hammering, brutalizing people. My wife stopped watching. She was like, this is too much. I'm like, it's so over the top. It's cartoony to me, but I get it. It's not like I went to see, what was that Mark Wahlberg, like Lone Survivor? Where Uh, they're like, like the take itself way too serious. Yeah. I mean, that sort of stuff is like, can, I don't know how many times they fell down a mountain in that movie, but that like hurts. Mm-hmm. That's like uncomfortable because it's realistic. Yeah. But like Santa going to town on some SWAT team people with a giant sledgehammer. Yeah. Like, that's just feel good fun. That's just fun. Yeah. That's and Christmas magic, baby. Like they explode into mist a lot. It's very funny. Um, and that same scene where the girl sets all the traps, one of the women, so that that scene where the little girl sets up all the traps in the house is the most like visceral because like that nail going through his skull looked like it would real hurt. Uh-huh. And the little girl sets up se- like a thing of liquid cement on the ground um, so that when the woman who's trying to kill her go- is in there, she gets her feet stuck. But then the little girl swings um, a bowling ball at her and she like, dives backward to dodge it but her hair gets stuck in the thing and it like rips out a chunk of her scalp i no thank you um and then, put a content warning on this episode and then she also takes off her boots and then steps on a whole bunch of christmas lights and hurt her feet and when she finally gets to the little girl she's like i'm gonna effing kill you and like she winds up and the little girl's like oh no and then santa hits her with a sledge problem solved <clears throat> Um, and then she goes flying and I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I also, Merry Christmas, like, everybody. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Um, Merry Christmas. One and all. So I was late to recording today. Do you know uh-huh. why I was late to recording today? No, but I bet you're going to tell me. I am. Um, all this talk of these two movies has made me think of this. I was explaining the plot of the game I was playing all yesterday to my wife. Uh-huh. Um, yesterday, I was playing the game Immortality all day. Oh, oh, oh. Um, and I was explaining the plot to my wife. Um, I have given up on the game. Um, not because yeah, it just of, doesn't seem like something I would really want to do. It doesn't seem like fun to me. Um, it's definitely intriguing and definitely a lot of fun, especially if you like solving a mystery, which I do. Um, it is very, it is like a critique of auteur art as a very auteur piece of art in and of itself which is kind of interesting. Um, but as things are with auteur art, they aren't very accessible. Um, and it is not very <laughs> VI friendly. And there was, there's been this, there's this plot in the middle kind of the, where there's like these two guys and they like rotate scenes. Did not know there were two guys until I finally unlocked a scene where they were on screen together. <laughs> Uh-huh. And I was like, that makes so much sense now. But this isn't like a thing that the game was like trying to hide from me. Uh-huh. It was just like, I'm kind of face blind and they look too much alike. <laughs> Whoops. Um, and there's actually quite a bit of that, especially with like, because it changes between like three decades and appearances change. And I was like, I can't. Like my my blind eyes. Mm-hmm. I probably played it for like four-ish hours. And like the amount of like mistakes I was making just because I can't see very well. Yeah, it's a bummer. Are were like okay. So I watched a video about it all today. Uh huh. And it's kind of wild. It's wild, dude. I bet I've heard it's wild. Um, 
Over on our sister my... podcast, they talked about it. Oh, that's wild. true. That's true. I with so I was a little worried and like spent a lot of time like not doing the thing I knew I was supposed to do in it uh-huh. because I thought it was gonna like get grotesque and disgusting mm-hmm. and like be kind of a horror thing. Um it turns out it's not that. It's unsettling. It like maybe puts a puts a pit in your stomach. But it's yeah, not I, think like, I hate that even more. Huh? I hate that even more myself. Well, no, no. Because I know why, I, like, I know you, and I know it's not that kind of a thing. Oh, okay. Like, it's not, it, it's meant to be unsettling because of, like, the intimacy of it all. Mm-hmm. More than anything, like, and the things that are doing stuff that they're not supposed to do. Um, But it isn't a horror game. If anything, it's more of, like, a sci-fi game. Okay. Um, But yes. So I was explaining the plot to my wife, and I was like, I sound like a crazy person. I sound like I'm absolutely mad. Mm-hmm. Maybe you are. Um, she started playing with me yesterday, and we played together for probably an hour before she got bored. But when I told her like I had watched the explainer, she was like, oh, what, what does happen? <laughs> you reeled her back in. Yeah, so um, if you're out there, let us know what you thought. Um Cause it's like a story with like four layers, maybe five. So like an ogre. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's like an ogre and an onion. It's got a layer. A parfait. Um, I really think it's very cool and very unique. I just it was not made for someone who can't see detail. Bummer. Well, if that's you and you don't see very well, maybe just watch the explainer. <laughs> yes. Um, but I don't know. It's interesting. It's it's a little pretentious because it's art about art. Yeah. But. Anyway, does okay. it say that I sound like a crazy person? Mm, I'd believe it. Brought to you by the Philadelphia Trailer Park. Unless someone real decides to. This is Boy Meets World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. Hello, Cameron. Hello. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm pretty good. Tired. Been watching a lot of Home Alone. Yeah, apparently. I watched Santa murder people with a sledgehammer. Yeah, but we won't relitigate all of that. That's true. It's probably my third or fourth favorite Christmas. Well, I don't know if that's saying a whole lot. Because you don't really like Christmas movies all that much. It's true. It's true. I've maybe seen 12. Oh, wow. Big time. I know. White Christmas and the Santa Claus are stolen in two. Those are good. Muppet Christmas Carol's up there for me. I've never seen it. I mean, Muppet Anything is going to be pretty fun. Never seen a Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, the one Nikki wants me to watch this year is The Holiday, maybe? It's is that Jack, Jack Black? Yeah. We're both in the same same spot here. Never seen it. Well, let me know how it goes. Sure. Um, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Another another week. Another episode of a show. Yeah. Boy Meets World, episode 14, I think. Maybe. Season 6. I don't know. I'll look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Yeah, it's episode 14. Getting hitched. Uh, yeah. I'm, we've somewhat forgotten how to do this, apparently. Apparently. We must have shrimp brain. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of not feeling well. I'm in a hate at a malaise of Home Alone. Macaulay Culkin malaise. Mm-hmm. Actually, is your mic running right now? Because it doesn't maybe sound like it. It, it should be. Let me. My my volume may just be turned down as well. Yeah, it's working. My mic, the right mic's turned in. Plugged okay. in. Might just be my volume. Yes. Apologies for our shrimp episode. I forgot to turn the mic on. Hopefully <laughs> it's listenable. It's probably cute. not. So cute. Just sweet. I've only been doing this almost three years. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but I have a season six, episode 14, Getting Hitched. Mm-hmm. Here oh, we are. Better. What an episode yeah. it is. Yeah. It's, it's definitely an episode. Um, not bad. <laughs> it's an episode of a show. Um. I've been talking a lot about structure this season, so I just want to get this out of the way. This episode is structured almost entirely like a soap opera, Uh and I'm here for it. Yeah, I feel like the structure, like, each scene felt like it made sense where it was. And it led up to something greater. Things were kind of connected a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, last last episode was really focused Mm -hmm. um, in a way that made it difficult to... Um, difficult to like have any structure other than what it was. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. Um, but this one is structured more like what I wish the rest of the season would have been structured. But yeah, it was fun. It was good. Yeah, was yeah. Um, so I'm going to give the old synop. Right. And then we can just dive in. Um, so Corey and Topanga play a game called the Fiance Game and realize they just really don't know that much about each other. And so Topanga makes a sensible decision that she and Corey should live together. Hilarity yeah. ensues, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side, uh, Sean and Jack are cleaning out their dad's trailer mm-hmm. because he's dead. Dead is a doornail, mm-hmm. in the words of old... Uh, dead is someone Santa killed by Santa Claus with a sledgehammer. Yeah, you'd be pretty dead. Mm-hmm. Like a doornail. You're the doornail, and he's the sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Doornailing you in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're wrong. No hilarity ensues in this episode. It's not a funny episode. <laughs> there's a there's a moment. Really? I don't think I, I got a single chuckle. I'm not feeling very well. So maybe yeah, so you're in a, you're not in a good head state. I would just the penguin thing was funny. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny. That's about it. Um and Feeney's reaction to the game. <laughs> fun, I guess. Yeah. And um, at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we just we hop into the student union. Yeah, Corey's um, sitting there. Topanga puts her hands over his eyes. And he's like, like, guess I who? I know those hands anywhere. Sean. And then Topanga's like, what's going on? He's like, oh, I guess I just wished you were Sean. He's just missing Sean. Mm-hmm. Which is my biggest problem with this episode. Why aren't you just with him, Corey? He's yeah, he's just, just in your room. <laughs> like, building a giant pyramid of Coke cans. I, I do like how that Coke can pyramid like comes back later but i just don't like this episode makes it a point to talk about like how alone sean is right now but he doesn't have to be uh-huh. <laughs> like just go be with him yeah and why that's on you Corey. well but also kind of on topango why is she buying the fiance game when Corey like has this kind of obligation mm-hmm. go be with your friend because of his dead dad yeah he's got a dead dad pass I don't know. I'm just like, why is the why is Sean in a different TV show? Because <laughs> uh-huh. he's the only one not in a TV show, or he's the only real person in a TV show. Um, yeah, I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, but yeah, so they she's bought them the fiance game. Yes, they're like, well, who who do we play against? And mm-hmm. Eric and Rachel come up. Is huh. this is this the first real Feeny call? I don't know. So we've had him screaming Feeny from the backyard, uh-huh. which is like, um, I don't know what people think. It's the Feeny, but it's not. He just screams, Mr. Feeny, Mr. Feeny. And then when the Dean and Feeny interact, he kind of does a Feeny call, but it's more like a flirty, like, oh, what you got going on? But this was like Eric doing the fee he he heeny to get Mr. Feeney's get attention. Mr. Feeney's attention. Maybe so. It's hard to say. I think that this episode is what most people think that don't watch as closely as we do. The Feeney call of it is. Yeah. But it's in the back half of the second to last season. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're officially in the back half. We're on the downhill slide. So I'm just like. I'm pretty sure this is like the first, like, this is what the Feeny call is. You know, you might be right. Um, yeah. But they're so, playing, they're going to play against Jack and Rachel, though. Oh, he, yes. He yes. gets Feeny's oh, attention. Eric and Rachel. Uh-huh. That's right. Jack is off being sad, too, and trying to keep it together. It is kind of funny when um, Rachel's talking about how she wants her ex-boyfriend to die. <laughs> She's like, oh, I was engaged once. We planned our whole lives together. I wish he was dead. Yeah, and then she's like fantasizing about him being dead, and Eric turns to her, "You're very hostile. Will you marry me?" <laughs> and she's like, "Ah, eh, whatever. We live together." Uh-huh. So like we've been living together ever since you moved in. Yeah. So they uh, they call over Feeny, and Feeny's like, "I was enjoying my t- ooh ooh a game a game. <laughs> Let's do this. It's yeah, very it's very just, funny. He sees the fiance game, and he's in." Uh-huh. So it is uh, just the newlywed game. Yeah. That's all it is. That's all it seems to be. Um, yeah. Feeny MVP? I don't know. Does he have I a secret love of board games that we've just never seen before? Or maybe he just has always dreamed of being on the newlywed show. Maybe so. Or maybe he and his wife were on the newlywed oh. show. Oh, that's possible. And so this game holds a special place in his heart. Uh-huh. I bet that's it. He's just like, yes, this is the one. Um, when this, the host of um, the newlywed show, who was very famous for kissing all the women, mm-hmm. do you think Feeney stood for that? Probably not. He's like, don't don't kiss my wife. Back away, sir. You were up scallion. I was in the Navy, probably. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, goodness. Unhand her, you fiend. Yes, so this you is actually can. the truth, is Feeney has a a soft spot for this genre because he and his wife were on it. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I love it. <laughs> Print it. The discovering um, canon where none need exist. Oh, it needs, baby. <laughs> it needs exists. Um, um, yeah, so it, they're like, this is going to be fun, and then it cuts to them not having fun. I think like it cuts to Sean and Jack at this point, and then it cuts back. Yeah, probably. Yes, Sean is alone in his room where he does not need to be alone. No, we've established that. He could very easily be around people. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't blame Sean. You want people to come to you when your dad dies. Uh-huh. It's like, I, why do I even do all the work? Um, Make it easy for me. But yeah, he is building a tower of soda cans. Mm-hmm. It's big. It's big. Very big. But Jack comes in and he's got one, I guess, to add to the tower. And he says... They're gonna. He's gonna go and 
like clean out the trailer. Yeah, they, they, they need to do this and they need to do it together. Yeah, Tron just Jack like, really tells why he wants to do this. Yeah, uh-huh. he's just like saying like it's a thing that needs to be done. And yeah, we're gonna need to do it together. Yeah, Sean is like, just burn it all. And he's like, I don't know what any of it means. And he's like, it doesn't mean anything. Uh-huh. He's like, I had a lousy relationship with my dad and I don't want to relive it. Yeah, just fair. Why do we have a picture of the bus on the wall? I don't know. Now it's in my dorm room. <laughs> I didn't look closely to see if it was back in the trailer. Maybe there's two copies of it. But no, because the trailer has changed in some odd ways. Okay, well, we'll get into it. Yeah. I'm sure. Whenever it's time. Um, but yeah, and um, Jack's like, well, we need each other right now. He's like, no, Chet's the thing that like bound us together. Now that it's not, like... Yeah, there's no reason to keep this up. Yeah. So then we come back to them playing the game. Um, the <laughs> The scene between Jack and uh, Sean is very good. Uh huh. Yeah, they both do a great job. There's not a whole lot to say. It's just kind of setting up. What? Yeah, there's not a whole lot to say, and it's just very good. Like, yeah. Both of their emotions seem real. They both seem conflicted. Yeah, I feel um, like both of them throughout the episode. Yeah, they both have. It, it's great drama. I think. Like, like you know, you can tell that Jack's trying to be strong for Sean, and you can tell that Sean's trying to push Jack away because that's what he does, and. There's, there's a lot going on here. I mean, I, there's not a lot to talk about. It's good. It's, it's yeah. good drama. It's basically a TNT show for how much dramas live in here. Uh, it's true. Dare to Defy. Does TNT still exist? Is this another defunct TV channel uh, search? I doubt they have Turner in the name anymore. Because hasn't he kind of been revealed to be a pretty big scumbag? Oh, probably. Um, looks like it still exists. It was purchased... It's owned by Warner Brothers Discovery. Hmm. They own most of that. They own Cartoon Network, which Turner also created. Yeah, and they drove Cartoon Network into the toilet. Well, I just on HBO Max, they got rid of all those shows. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, but yeah, I don't. I I could be wrong about Turner. I'm just thinking he was revealed as Ted Turner was. Revealed it was originally an abbreviation, but it seems like it's not anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's still around. NBA on TNT is still a thing. Okay. The more you know. Didn't know. Um, I'm kind of surprised that anything cable still exists. <laughs> yeah. Who even who even watches that anymore? Not me. But Not we cut point. back. We'll cut back to the student union. Mm-hmm. And Jack and Rachel and Feeney are having a great time. Mm-hmm. Laughing, enjoying themselves. Slowly pan over to Corey and Topanga, who just seem very miserable. Yeah. And we find out that they haven't. Corey hasn't gotten a single question right about Topanga. Yeah. We don't. We don't know if the other way is true. But at least they're having a good time. Oh, of Topanga knowing things about Corey? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. They say they, they haven't gotten a single question right, but they blame that mostly on Corey. I don't mm-hmm. know if in the fiancé game if just one person answers. Yeah. Because it's... Yeah. Yeah. It's weird so, because Corey is answering about Topanga, and Topanga has the board. No, no, because Eric holds, Eric's holding the board, right? Yeah, Eric's holding the board, and she's guessing about him. That's right. Okay. And I had it backwards in my mind. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry about it. It's nothing. Corey's guessing about Topanga, and Rachel's guessing about Eric. Uh-huh. So Topanga uh, to, is like, what's her favorite fish? And Corey says, tuna. She's like, it's salmon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, how is it not a tuna fish? <laughs> do you know Do you know your wife's favorite fish? Uh, No. I don't know my wife's favorite. She does like a nice tuna, like tuna salad. 
Um, probably catfish, if I were to guess. I would probably guess salmon for Nikki, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, who can say? I mean, I'm pretty certain it's catfish now that I think about it for more than two seconds. Okay. Uh, Nikki doesn't like anything seafood, really, so. Uh, I'm just going to text her. She's at work. <laughs> sure. What sure, is sure. your favorite fish? I will text as well. Okay. I'm putting, I'm putting catfish out there. I will say salmon. Okay. We'll see. Um, but she says, ha, ha I don't know to eat. Um, but yeah, so, um, but Corey gets it wrong. Yes. Um, I feel like he says tuna as if like tuna is a bad answer to say, because I guess if you're thinking like canned fish, like canned tuna, it's like salmon is obviously the better answer because salmon is this very high class fish. But I feel like tuna, like fresh tuna is like legit. Very popular. As I was watching this episode and thinking about tuna, I got really hungry for sushi. Because also, for some reason, my Instagram keeps showing me videos of people making sushi. Like, all, in all of these extreme ways. And it's just, it's very funny. She asked, to look at or to eat? And I said, I don't think we're allowed to answer clarifying. I said to eat. Oh. I. They are not, they are not clear they're on not. the show, so. She's texting me back. Um, <laughs> I just rarely eat fish. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but yes, so Rachel knows that she's going out on a limb, but she's pretty confident in her answer. Yes, <laughs> she says penguin. Oh, no, I don't think you understand the bam. <laughs> Mayor holds it up and it says penguin, P E N G W I N. Yes, penguin. I feel like she's refusing to answer the question. Um, anyway, yeah, so she's like, I know my man, and <laughs> Eric's like, we have one brain. Uh-huh. <laughs> Between the two of them. Um, and then Beanie's like, well, uh, looks like the game's over. Yes. <laughs> He's just like, I am getting out of here before things take a turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and Topanga and Corey have like a little fight let. Uh-huh. With Topanga like, landing on, we should live together. <laughs> yeah. She's like, because she sees... Eric and Rachel know all these things about each other because they live together. And so she's just like, for some reason, this is the thing that ought to do it. Yeah. And apparently Corey's whole thing this season, and it really is just this season. Is that he just wants to get laid? Yeah. He just wants to get laid. Like that came up one time last season and he decided he was going to be very responsible. He's like, we're going to be responsible. You know, we're going to make this decision together when the time is right. And I'm going to respect you as a person and it's going to be great. And then now it's just like sex, baby. Like I should have some by now. Uh huh. Something like that. Yeah. Just, it's Uh, just just one, one thing. Uh, I was wrong. Here we go. Three dots. Oh, I'm nervous. I was right. Oh, what would, with the tuna? With catfish. Oh, catfish. Um, my wife says uh, halibut to eat, puffer fish to look at, which I actually would have known the puffer fish to look at. <laughs> puffer fish to look at. She said she's embarrassed to say it's catfish then. Why? It's a bottom feeder. No, catfish is delicious, especially Cajun catfish. Oh, I want some right now. I'll eat it however I can get it. What I will oh. not do, however, is noodling. No, no, it's not my thing. Just seems like a good way to lose a finger or a hand mm-hmm. or die. Die? Okay. I mean, if that fish is big and it just keeps you down there, I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, so that's that, and now we cut to the trailer. Yes. Um, Jack is looking around, and he doesn't know what to do, so he just, like, picks some stuff off the floor because and... just to do something. Yeah, and Sean um, comes and in. Sean walks in. Yeah, says, Jack is like, great, to, I'm glad you came. He's like, I didn't mean to say we weren't brothers. Uh-huh. Jack's like, no, nah, I get it, you're hurting. Yeah, he's just kind of like, you know, with – Everything with Angela, and then now this. And Corey's with Topanga all the time. I just feel like really alone. Um, and he is really alone because his friends are terrible. Salmon um, was uh, Nikki's first thought, but then she realized she liked Halibut. Man, if only she didn't have time to rethink. <laughs> I guess I know my wife better than you know. <laughs> it's true. Well, I know that my wife doesn't like seafood. <laughs> I guess that's true. My whole thing was based on she would be like, I don't know, salmon? <laughs> yeah, so those Philadelphia people just don't know what good catfish is. That's true. Um, those poor suckers. But yeah, so Jack, um, Jack's like, all right, where do we start? And, um, Sean finds a lighter, like a Zippo, and he does like a cool open shut thing. Uh-huh, opens it, and there's the flame, and then he whoosh, And then he's like, look, Dad's portfolio. And he gets like this coffee can off the top of the fridge that has a bunch of bills in it. Yeah, but most of them are like late notices. Past due, we really mean it this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, going through all of that. But then and Sean then, finds something. Yeah, Among them, he finds a letter. Mm-hmm. He's like, why is there a letter from your dad to my dad? Um, and so he's reading it and he's like, or Jack tries to take it away. But he's reading it and we find out that Chet had asked Jack's dad for help paying Sean's tuition. Mm-hmm. School. Which where did Sean think the money for his yeah. came from? <laughs> Hustling like, kids pool, I guess. I guess he just thought I, I, we are supposed to believe that the supernatural guys survive almost entirely on credit card fraud and hustling people in pool halls. Um, so maybe, like, maybe so. I'm just like, wait, Sean, you didn't get like any like big scholarships, or you're not on like the free ride because you're poor. Like, yeah, he should definitely be getting some like FAFSA or something. Yeah, um, I don't know if that exists at this point. I was just like, where did you, where did you think that money was coming from? <laughs> Chet's toaster money, <laughs> toaster repair business. Uh huh. That's probably about it. Um, well, I mean, Sean knows his dad and working. Yeah. He's like, he's got his first unemployment stub. It's the first honest paycheck he ever got. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Does he think his dad like hacked into the school mainframe and just changed him from like balance pending to paid in full? Paid, paid or something? Yeah. Chad seems the type. <laughs> he couldn't do it himself, but he knows a guy. Yeah, he knows a guy. Definitely he knows a guy. Um but yeah, Sean I mean, is very upset by this. Yeah. He he just feels like nothing's his. He's felt this way for a while. Mm-hmm. And now, like, not even his life is his. Uh-huh. And he's just kind of like, what? What about my books? Did you buy those too? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. Probably. Some of your books. And then he's like, what about this shirt? And he's like, I would never buy that shirt. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, I'm going to start doing things for you. So he takes off his shirt and gives it to him. And he takes off his pants and gives it to him. But we cut away uh-huh. um, when that's happening. Yes. And now Corey and Topanga are... Corey, Corey has bought everything silk. Yeah, he's bought silk sheets, silk jammies, silk blankets. Uh-huh. So there's a knock at... And he's pushed both the beds together. Yeah, and there's a knock at the door. And who should it be but... 
Eric. Eric. He's talking about how he and Rachel are in sync and he thinks it means something. And Corey does not care. He's got one thing on the brain. Yeah. It's so weird how, like, rarely Corey and Eric have scenes together. Uh-huh. Like, just in general, how rarely they have scenes together and how, like, <laughs> dismissive Corey is of Eric in this scene. Yeah. It's it's just like, oh, I, I don't think Eric's the problem here. No. Eric deserves better. <laughs> he needs a better brother than Corey. We're going to flip um, that episode where Corey was complaining about how he never knew Eric. Yeah. And where Eric is upset that Corey never really gave him the time of day. Except that's coming and I'm dreading it. It's not good. (laughs) It's just as bad as the other one. (laughs) Maybe worse. It is the one episode of the entire show that when we started this, I was like, oh man, I don't want to watch that episode. Yeah. Maybe it'll surprise us. Maybe. I was not I was not excited for the Christmas episode this season. Like I was like, oh, it's just some weird Christmas episode. Who cares? But it was great. Literally one of my top episodes of the entire show now. Even Chet dying was a good uh, episode. I, I knew that that was. I was like, I'm feeling I'm going to be disappointed by this because of how disappointed I've been in Chet this whole time. But I guess he's dying. So, yes. You know. <laughs> Joke's on him. It was really me who was. Are you okay? Um, yeah, so just taking care of something. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, so he's just really dismissive of Eric as Eric is really thinking like he's really vibing with Rachel. Mm-hmm. And like he thinks that this could spin out into a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Corey shoves him out and Topanga shows up with a bag and Eric thinks it's toys for some reason. Because yeah, he's Eric and they have to make him say something dumb. Yeah. And then they they push him out and Topanga's like, why are the beds together? And he's like, well. He's like, Obviously. And she's like, that should be the last thing we're concerned about. This is our relationship on the line because we don't know each other. We don't know each other's favorite fish. <laughs> We're so incompatible. To be fair, he didn't know she was right-handed. I mean, that's an easy guess. <laughs> Most people are. Yes. And you sat behind her in school for years and years. Uh-huh. Like you should You should just be able to figure that one out. Really, Corey's just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the thing. And then he has a little flip out. Uh-huh. When she says no to sex and slides off and crashes into Sean's tower. Yeah, apparently silk on silk on silk is a bad combo. Um, And probably the most inexplicable part of the episode right now is Topanga just looking at Corey with a smile like, Aw, it's so cute. (laughs) I love him. The doofus. Do you see how this man is reacting to you not having sex with him? This is a problem. Yeah. He doesn't respect you as a person. <laughs> At the very least, this is a conversation, if not a deal breaker, until he gets his stuff figured out. Yeah. You you deserve better, Pangers. Eric calls to Panga Pangers in this episode, and I really like it. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, then we cut back to Pantsless Sean. <laughs> He's like, what about these? He's like, no, don't you take those off. Yes. Like, his boxer shorts. Yeah, I don't know what his big deal is. Apparently he showers with Eric. I don't yeah, it's like, hold, this is, we're, we're crossing a line, apparently. Um, and then Sean explains this whole thing to him and kind of calms down after he gets it all off of his chest. And he's like, I'm going to pay back. He's like, you want to pay me back? Tell me who my dad is. And then he throws him his clothes back and Sean starts getting dressed. Um, and 
Jack's like really excited. He's like, oh, I'm going to know. And Sean just doesn't understand. He's like, Jack, don't you get it? You don't want to know who dad is. Like, Yeah, you're lucky. You you lucked out. You're the lucky one. You're okay. You don't have to deal with this pain, which I feel like is another of Sean kind of internalizing that. Same thing with Corey. Like he said, something along the lines of like, you don't deserve this kind of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time in regards to his brother with their father. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, oh, he's still really dealing with that. Yeah. Because of yeah. course and he has. Because he hasn't been to therapy. Yeah, because none of them have been to freaking therapy. Um, yeah. So he's like, you don't you don't have you don't have to experience this. Like you don't have to know this pain, which is a, like a pretty typical trauma response. Like, no, you don't get it. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't have to watch him be awful. Yeah. It's like why would you want to get to know him? Why would you yeah. want to know who he is? Yeah, um, yeah, and that lack of empathy, I feel like, is pretty pretty normal. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like I have it a lot of times, especially when people are like, "I'm going to go see my great aunt." I'm just like, "Are you? Is it why? Why would that be a thing you do?" <laughs> like, well, chance all my great aunts are dead. Thanks for caring. <laughs> well, I'm just like, for me, like the idea of like going to see people I'm related to is already kind of weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, but but you could just not <laughs> is like my, my initial thought. And I know that's a trauma response. Uh-huh. Um, and that's, I mean, that's what Corey and Sean are, or I mean, not Corey and Sean, Sean is kind of dealing with right now is like, why would you want to <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I can't empathize with this desire to know my dad. So, yeah. so does he leave? Um, well, it just kind of cuts away as Sean's cuts putting away, on his yeah. boots. He's at least getting fully clothed. Yeah, Sean's putting on his boots, and it just kind of cuts away after he's like, you're the lucky one. You don't have to go mm-hmm. through this pain. And then it cuts to back to the dorm room. Yes, and Corey comes in from the bathroom, and Topanga has a book over her face. And when she lowers it, she has like a face mask yeah. type thing, which is just seems normal. And Corey's like, ah! Yeah. It's like, you grew up with a sister and a mom, dude. Yeah. And it's like, this is there's nothing weird about that. Yeah. Women's um, stuff. And she's like, he keeps my skin soft. And he's like, it scares me. Go wash it off. Yes. And then he goes to clip his toenails mm-hmm. and announces it like it's a baseball game. Yeah. Sure. Weirder than a face mask. Yeah. Much weirder. Uh, but then he clips it and it flies and sticks to her face. Yeah. And she's like, there's a toenail in my face, which is kind of freaky. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would, I, I completely understand Topanga. Yeah. And, um, then Eric comes back in while they're freaking out and is like, hey, I got some advice for this living together thing. Uh, first, lose the swamp monster. Maybe their mom didn't do these sort of things. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, and then he finds the the toenail and he's like, oh, I want to play. And then Topanga kicks him out. He's like, but first, I've got two. Mm-hmm. I'm just blanking. But he mushes on her face. Oh, right. I've watched a lot of Home Alone since I watched this episode. I I took several bricks to the head, apparently. uh, A lot of times when I'm playing with Asher, I'll find myself going, bloody blah, 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 (laughs) bloody blah, blah. blah." It's another thing that's been implanted in your brain. It's true. Um, So, yeah, he does that, and then he leaves and (laughs) licks his fingers, and the audience is just like, Yeah. Um, and she says, I'm going to go wash my face. And Corey's like, cool, I'll get ready for bed. Um, Corey is a 
apparently weirdly OCD <laughs> about his bed. <laughs> Lays it all out, sets the pillow down gently. Topanga's just watching. Like he thinks she's out of the room, I guess. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense because in the room, they have her in the TV standpoint, the door's kind of in the middle on this side, and he's in the back half of the room where she would clearly be in his peripheral. But I guess he's just in the zone when it's bed yeah. straightening out time. Um, Corey being autistic would make a lot of sense to me, but you just can't have it both ways. You can't be like, I haven't clipped my toenails in a year, and like, oh, I shake my bed, my pillow exactly 10 times before I go to bed. Uh-huh. Like, I'm sorry, but no. One or the other, not both. Um, but yeah, and then he sits down to say his prayers, and Topanga thinks it's really sweet. Yes, she's like, Bless whoever, mom and dad, and the new baby. Mm -hmm. He prays for Sean, and he prays for Jack, and then he prays for Topanga, and then Topanga comes over and prays for him. It's very sweet, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, it's fine. Sure. She's like, this is going to be all right. Yeah, that's all she needed to know was that he cared, I guess. Just in love with a little sex pest. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Then we cut to the apartment. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, where Jack is like making a sandwich or something, or no, he's going through the financial portfolio. Uh-huh. Yes, and um, Rachel comes in. She's like, "Oh, how'd it go?" And he was like, "Sean came," and he's like slowly breaking down throughout uh-huh. this whole episode. Yeah, just um, kind of letting it all out. That is like, I never knew my father. Yeah, and like so, I want to. Mm-hmm. The the beats of this are really good, like because he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm fine." And Sean came, and then sudden, suddenly, like, uh-huh. not suddenly, like progressively, you can like follow his like descent. Um, and he's like, "I'm the lucky one. I don't have to. I don't have to feel the pain." And then he uh-huh. like, breaks down, and she hugs him, and she's like, "It's good to like let these things out. You don't need to hold on to these things." Yeah, and then. I feel like it's very real. Like I feel like it's very real, especially like two people who have been attracted to each other. Like when one's having a really hard time, like seeking comfort, they make mm-hmm. out. Yeah, and then who should walk in but Eric? Yeah, apparently doors do not make noise in this because no. the big thing too. Uh huh. Like doors just don't make noise. Yeah. He opened it. That's a put it on the timeline. Yeah. In 1973, but- Robert Williamson developed the world's best WD-40, WD-41, um, which makes all doors silent always. <laughs> all doors open silent. They they don't squeak when they swing. Does and not work on janitor cartwheels, though. No, no. It, it has the opposite not. effect. Um, also, it, it, somehow it also makes them close behind them uh-huh. totally silently. <laughs> they all have those things on them where it's like a, like a baby door where it doesn't close all the way. Oh. And then no. it slowly closes. Sure. Like pneumatic or something like that. But yeah, so Eric comes in, watches them make out for a second, and then turns around and... That's sicko. Leaves. Um, clearly hurt. Uh-huh. Um, and then Corey arrives at the trailer. Um, yeah, Sean's just again. like, hey, you know, now that he's gone and like I don't have Angela anymore, I'm thinking about... Hitching up the trailer and hitting the road. Mm-hmm. You should come yeah. with me. Better late than never, I guess, Corey. Uh-huh. 
Um, but Corey's like, oh, you want to like go on a road trip for the weekend? He's like, yeah, the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it's clear. It should be clear to everybody. This uh, is where I noticed. The weekend. There's a bed in the living room. Where did the two bedrooms of this trailer go? Because <laughs> in all of the previous times we've seen this trailer, there's a hallway right by the bar of the kitchen uh-huh. that goes in and, and we're, I, 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 we're made to assume there's a Sean bedroom and a parent's bedroom back there. I mean, really, when you think about it, the trailer doesn't make any sense spatially in the first place because you've been in trailers before. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It is so much wider than is possible to exist in a, in a regular width trailer. Well, you have I a whole think... living room and a kitchen going from the door on the side of the house to the other side of the trailer, like the short side. And in reality, trailers... Go the it's the long way, right? It's like you kind of walk into like a living space, and maybe there's more of an open kitchen and some bedrooms. But the main, you know, this is very visual what I'm doing here. But the main like through line of the house is from front to back, not side to side. Which I know it's a TV show, it's a sitcom. You have to have no, no, no. But I feel like that is the way this trailer is set up. Like the long, the long ways of the trailer. Like I feel like the door of the trailer is on the the short side and then the camera is on the long side of the trailer. But we see them go in during the Thanksgiving episode and a few other episodes from the long side. Like the door's on the long side. You're not wrong. Is the trailer a pocket dimension? It's large it's like a like a bag of holding. Ooh, this is complicated because we are definitely supposed to think the long side is the fourth wall. Uh-huh. But, but you're right. When we see it in Thanksgiving episode, they're definitely going in through the side. Ooh. And in the abuse episode, too. Those are two instances I can distinctly picture the outside of the trailer. And they're going the, in from the side. They're going in from the side. Oof. Because trailers aren't made that way where you go in on the short side. I mean. I guess you could you could, you could could change it and modify it in some way. But, you're, but you... You are right. This is clearly the same trailer. They went through pains to make it look the same. But you're right. It would have to be that that's the whole width, which doesn't uh-huh. make any sense. It's just not possible. The math doesn't add up. No. It's got to be a pocket dimension of some sort. Some sort. Maybe not perhaps. malicious in its uh, intentions, but perhaps, 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 uh-huh. Chet made a deal with the devil and his heart attack was actually the devil collecting his soul. Oh, maybe so. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he made a deal with the devil on the road to get his wife back. Uh-huh. And that gave him five years, cut to now, dead. Dead. Dead as a doornail, once again. Um, and when he made that deal, it also made the trailer m- more spacious. Baker. <laughs> Maybe that's I maybe he didn't sell his soul for Verna. Maybe he sold his soul for a bigger trailer. <laughs> well, but this could also explain a magic devil trailer would also it always just has as many rooms as it needs. Uh-huh. And once Sean's gone, those two rooms they vanish. Uh-huh. It's like a room of requirement situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you know when he sold his soul? I do. I, I know when. Okay, tell me when. He sold his soul. 
when he got pulled in to the police station when Sean was in the police station to get them both out of uh, Mm -hmm. trouble. So he sold his soul to Judge Lamb. Uh, He sold his soul to Judge Lamb to drop the charges on himself and Sean and to have a more comfortable living arrangement while he was alive. Okay. So I'm thinking, this is just me thinking. I mean, you threw out the number five years. I know time is really weird in this universe, but five seasons ago, which I don't know, I don't know how the math checks out, but five seasons ago, almost to the episode, we have, well, we have Sean's father introduced early on in this series as a tire salesman. Mm -hmm. Then midway through the season at Christmas, he loses his job. Mm -hmm. What if that is the point where he sells his soul, where he's like, I'm not going to be able to provide for my family. And then those notices that are like payment due, past due, we're serious, we're going to collect. Those aren't from a, uh, like a credit card company or whatever. That's from that's from the devil. That's from the he's mm. he's given Chet the warning, and Chet's just pushed it aside. And maybe it wasn't going to be as severe. Maybe he just needed to do some work. Yeah, the devil needed a guy to hustle some people at pool or whatever. But since Chet was refusing to do that. He ends up dying. Maybe that could be. We get a little timey wimey with the with the night the lights went out in Philadelphia, pushing uh-huh. everything up a year. And, yeah, and the Judge Lamb and Judge Lamb, but that is only a punishment for Corey and Alan, and probably only affects the people close to the two of mm-hmm. them. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be five years. That was just the number you threw out. Yeah, that's why I was just thinking about it. Well, but. The devil always runs in normally, but ooh, seven is like some kind of mystic number or something. Uh-huh. And I mean, if we're going from sixth grade to freshman year that's of college, years. that's seven years. It'd be when Sean was 12 to when Sean is 19. Yeah, it all tracks. It all <laughs> tracks. Creating canon where canon need not be. Actually, this time it does because the trailer it does doesn't. because the layout of this trailer makes no sense. <laughs> we did it. We we sure did. Yes. Where are you, Michael Jacobs? But was it Judge Lamb he sold his soul to, or was some some other devil figure? I mean, it could have honestly. It could have. Maybe he took off after the he lost the job, and he makes it makes it to Pottstown, and he meets Irene. He, oh, it could have been Irene. Could have been Irene. Hmm. I guess we'll never know. Maybe maybe eventually we will know who maybe. who Chet sold his soul to. At this point, we're not sure, but no. anything's possible. No, we are not sure. Um, but Sean has a magic trailer. Yeah, Sean, ha- Sean has a magic trailer. I don't think it's magic for Sean. No, it's probably reverted back to normal. Yeah. Um, I'd watch he- that show. Honestly, I would watch that show where that whole setup we just talked about where the dad sells his soul to the devil for a magic trailer, and then he dies, and then the son gets the magic trailer, and through the course of the series unravels all of its secrets. Mm-hmm. Sort of a magic school bus situation where they can do all sorts of cool things. Um, I really want that now. Yeah. I just want to show about Sean. Yeah. Maybe it's Sean doing that. Yeah. So they're they're talking about going on a trip for the weekend. Um, yeah. And he's like, I got to go say goodbye to Topanga. Yeah. Yeah. And this is our, our thing at the end, uh, our uh-huh. tag. Yeah. He's like, why do we need to say goodbye to Topanga if we're just going away for the weekend? I didn't even say goodbye to Topanga. He's like, I just... I want to, okay? We're here. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So he goes in, she's face mask, clipping her toenails, pretending it's the WNBA. Yeah, it gotta be the WNBA. Yeah, can't be the NBA. 
Get those women out of here. And it hits Sean in the face, and he's like, what is going on? And Corey's like, isn't she beautiful? She looks like the swamp. <laughs> yeah, I know. How sweet, how sweet. And then Sean says, like, a goodbye that I feel like should perk up Topanga's like, what's going on here? Like she's on top of things and can read people and understand situations in a way that Corey doesn't. Yes, but she just kind of smiles and waves. Uh-huh. She's just in her little toenail clipping zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the end. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. another one. Another one yeah. bites the dust. Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. There's not much here. Like, it's not bad. We could talk about it if it was bad. It's not great. We could talk about it if it was great. It's just, it's, it's fine. Good. Yeah. It's, good. it's not complicated. Um, yeah. But we've reached a very important point in the series. Uh-huh. A point that I feel like we've been building up to for a long time. What's and that? We, we're we're T minus one, baby. Nobody's angel next week. Yes. We've done it. The <laughs> Enix we finally made it to Nobody's world. Angel, the the breakout stars of Boy Meets World. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just put on their full discography this whole week. Leading up to the next one. I can listen to one disc, probably. Oh, oh no, a million discs. At least. I, I'm not going to look it up right now. I really want to, but I'm not going to. We'll deal with all that next week. <laughs> this last week, I finally started listening to Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Oh, changed my life. Cameron. Next week, I'm going to finally listen to more Nobody's Angel, and I feel like it's going to change my life in a totally different way. <laughs> yeah, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, Nobody's Angel. It's <laughs> pretty much equivalent. <laughs> Just two titans. <laughs> Of music. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, probably the most influential band that no one's ever heard of. Nobody's Angel, the band that nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and Nobody's Angel, which is half of that. <clears throat> Just half. You 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 decide which half we mean. Are you going to finally listen to Ghost Teen? I'll give it, I'll give it a, a more of a chance. It's probably, if you've listened to um, the one that I always forget the name of, um, that has a uh, liar of Orpheus on it. Uh-huh. If you've listened to that one and you've listened to, I mean, Avatar blues is the one I have. Avatar blues. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the Avatar blues slash the liar of Orpheus. Well, all of it's on Spotify. Uh-huh. Well, I got it for $6. Oh, support the artist. Um, let me, let me, let me pull those up here. Yeah. If you listen to boatman's call, um, Avatar blues, um, those are the two that I'd really recommend. Um, if you kind of get get a sense of like who Nick Cave is from those, uh, Push the Sky Away is very good. Um, but listen to like two, and then go into Ghost Teen like knowing who Nick Cave is. Uh huh. Um, man, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, I've been reading some stuff about him and like some interviews and stuff he's done, and I feel like for anybody who's not sure who at all we're talking about. I feel like a literary equivalent is someone like Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Where he's just like a little dark, a little twisted, but just like this really thoughtful and like kind person. Yeah. I think, I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but like a real argument that you can have is whether or not Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds are popular. I think we had this conversation on the drive home from Red Lobster. Okay. Well, yeah, you can you you can have a real argument because of that because like two people who know music and love music 
Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds are super popular, like like borderline mainstream. Like to say you love Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds is kind of like asking a white girl if they like Taylor Swift. If you're like a music person, mm-hmm. but outside of like people who really love and study music, no one has any clue who Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds are. Mm-hmm. I listened to it in the car with Nolan like this whole week as I've been taking him to school, but like only certain songs. Um, but now today at that lunch, he was sitting there and he was going, children, <laughs> lift up your voice. Which is probably what the song most people know, whether they yeah. know that who that is or not, because it's in Harry Potter. This is the weird thing. I love, I've loved Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds for years. Like, uh-huh. like probably 15 years. And I mean, I've obviously watched all the Harry Potter movies several times. I did not know that that's the song they danced to. Because who would dance to that? Exactly. You know, they're under the influence of a horcrux at that time. So, yeah, I, you know. In my mind, it's a happier song than Oh Children. It's sort of the end where it's a little bit more. Yeah. You know, it's like once was blind, but now I see bound in chains, but now I'm free. And it's kind of like this more. I don't know. I just like. You would think that me of all people would associate those two things because I like both of them, but I just don't. When you said that, I was like, really? Yeah. Because I was like, oh, this song is very popular. I wonder what it is. And I started listening and I was like, that's an Harry Potter. Maybe, maybe this is kind of one of those things where if you know both, you like, it's harder to associate them. Uh-huh. <laughs> but since it was like kind of your first experience. Yeah. Maybe that's it. But you should go listen to Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Um, there she goes. My beautiful world is one of the best songs ever written and performed. It's very good. Um, it'll change your life. It's got a great it's It does. Um, but we should rate this episode. Okay. Uh, just so you know, Ghostine is one of the best albums of the last decade. Um, it's very sad. It will make you cry. But apparently, shortly before it was released, his other son died. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It's a. It's an entire song like filled with the death of loved ones or it's an entire album filled with the death of loved ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you feel it. You feel it when you listen to it. Sean but probably it also, to it huh? much later. I said, Sean probably listened to it, but that'd be much later. Cause it was like 2019 or something, mm-hmm. but it, it is also incredible musically, like just like a master class in musicality. Listen to it, but let's rate the episode. I'm going to give it an eight. Yeah. It's probably deserving of an 8. I think it's an 8. It's not amazing. It's not terrible. It's not even bad. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's very well acted. Yeah. It's not good in a great way. It's just like, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was good. It wasn't bad. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to let this be over. What's happening? Yeah, it was was an 8. MVP. I could see it going to either of the Hunter brothers. Yeah, I think it's Jack this time. That's what I was leaning more towards too, just because of the, I mean, he, he carries a lot of the, like Mm -hmm. Sean's kind of still stuck in his same Mm self-loathing. And then we see Jack kind of butt up against it. And then his walls come down Mm -hmm. in the end. And we see kind of how he's hurting too. Um, Yeah. Sean got to have his emotion last episode and now he's just kind of like done with it all. But Jack gets to have his emotions in this episode. uh Um, And he does a great job. You can tell that uh, Matthew Lawrence is probably the most seasoned actor on the show. Yeah, I mean he works with Robin Williams. People, it's true. But at this point, he had worked. He had been on his own hit show for four years, and 
Um, done Mrs. Doubtfire, done several things. Mm-hmm. I've been on Blossom. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. So. Um, and then we should and name it. We can name it Boy Meets Silk Sheets. Silk Sheets, yeah. Boy Meets Tower or Can Pyramid. With his face. <laughs> um, either of those. Well, I like Silk Sheets. Not just because I came up with it. Blood and silk sheets. <laughs> That's true because he says I can't return them now because they have blood on them. Yes. Blood and silk sheets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Um, That's it. We did it. It wasn't very long, people. Chance isn't feeling well. No, I'm not. And I'm, I've been progressively feeling worse. No offense, Cameron. Hey, it wasn't my fault, probably. And, uh, and 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 honestly, like in all honesty, there's just not a lot to talk about. Yeah, we found more. We found more to talk about with the trailer than I thought we were gonna have to talk about. The trailer and some Christmas movies about traps. Yeah, I mean, that's where it really was. There's not a lot to talk about with Sean's trauma that we didn't cover last week. Um, I think there's some inherent drama or trauma of like being ripped away from a parent that Jack deals with. Um, but it's probably a little bit more obvious than like Sean's trauma. Um, it's kind of like Sean, you just need to get over this. And it's like, no, actually, yeah, he's really feeling things that you just might not understand. Um, I care about Eric's feelings, but they're going to be more explored next week. Yeah. And I don't really care about the Corey Topanga thing. Yeah. That's no, no, thank you. It's, it's fine. It doesn't like, Actually, no, it's kind of not fine because, like, Corey should just be with Sean in this episode. Uh-huh. He needs to be supporting his friend. I don't I don't know why the show is like, oh, keep them away, apart until the very end. I, why? Sean, I, I feel like something, something, some otherworldly force has been keeping us apart. <laughs> like a hand of the director or something. <laughs> the magic of the trailer. A bit too on the nose. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so there's not much to it. Um um, you can check us out on all of our socials. Mm-hmm. We're on all of those at BG World Fever on Twitter and Instagram or BG World Fever at gmail.com. What's your favorite fish? Yeah, What's your significant it? other's favorite fish? Can you guess it? Did you know who Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds were before we uh, talked about them? And if so, do you think they are a popular band or an unpopular band? Is your significant other right handed or left handed? Did you get that right? What's their social security number and mother's maiden name? Tell us. This is how we make the big bucks. We got to start recouping some of our costs that we put in. <laughs> by by identity theft? Hey, it works for some. It works for Facebook. Yeah. They're doing all right. Oh, now I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, follow us on all those. Uh, rate us. Five stars, please. Yes, please. Um, we got a rating last week from... Our waitress, waitress Stormy Red Lobster. So thank hey, you, Stormy. Stormy. Hope you're still listening. There's no way. <laughs> we could be pleasantly surprised. Um, when this comes out, it will be the Thursday before Christmas. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, we will probably take a week off. I don't know when. It might be the week in between. Well, or it might be early January. We'll yeah, because I feel like next week for us. We should be able to do it, but then the weekend after that is like Christmas, Christmas yeah. Eve, Christmas. So yeah, just be expecting in the next couple be a weeks, break in there somewhere. A week off. We'll probably have an episode next week. Um, though it may 
it may behoove us just to save that episode and just make that week the week we take off. We'll talk about it. There will be a week off sometime. We'll let you know. Um, And maybe there won't be. Who knows? I don't know. With the way technology is these days, anything's possible. But just be expecting a week off in a week or two. Yeah, at some point. Um, Yeah. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. So from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever. So long, world. So long, world.